0: time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room
1: and take a seat on the floor while Joseph and Chris present to
0: you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello, everybody, and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom. This is a show where we plop down on the living room floor with a big bowl of cereal and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And today, we watched Steven Universe as recommended by Peter Dibble at Peter W.J. Dibble on SoundCloud. Thanks, Peter. Yes, thank you, Peter. So this show started in 2013 and is still going on, created by Rebecca Sugar, which is a great name. It's had two seasons so far. It's been improved for a third. It's 73 episodes in as of October 2015. It's on the Cartoon Network as well as streaming services like Hulu, Amazon Prime, iTunes, etc., etc. For a short synopsis, a young boy takes his mother's place in a group of gemstone-based beings and must learn to control his powers. Sounds about right. About right. A little lacking in really all the heart that this show has and everything about it and really what I appreciate most about it, which I'll go into later. Right, that's pretty much just the basics. Yeah, that's the very basics of it. So, Chris, who are some notable actors in the show?
1: Well, the main cast of the show, Steven Universe, is voiced by Zach Callison. We have Pearl, voiced by D.D. Magno. Garnet, voiced by Estelle. Estelle is a popular pop and RMB singer over in the UK. So, that was pretty cool. Amethyst, voiced by Michaela Dietz. Connie, who's a friend of Steven's, voiced by Grace Rowley. Now, what's interesting about this cast is This is the first voice acting gig for the majority of these people. If not their first, like one of their first. The most experienced one on the show, I believe, is Grace Rolick, who voices Connie, and she's only a teenager. It says a lot for the cast that the show, as popular as it is, gets as much recognition as it does with such a relatively young range of voice actors. So I think that's really cool. And I do like that you brought this up to me was that a lot of these voice actors were actually picked for their singing voice instead of their speaking voice
0: right yeah by Rebecca Sugar herself the creator she chose them more for their singing voice and not that the show really revolves entirely around the songs but the songs that are in there when they are are very strong
1: oh I just noticed too. there's also Kate McCoochie she plays a character named Sadie who works in the donut shop with Lars who's kind of a jerk anyway she's been in a lot of stuff she's been in lots of shows garfunkel and notes she was on raising hope and she makes lots of appearances in different things but i would say she's probably the most recognizable part of this cast aside from maybe estelle if you're from the uk
0: something else to point out michaela Dietz, she was also in or she's been in a lot of barney the dinosaur home movies she's not barney or baby bop or anything she's one of the other characters that i'm not familiar with was she one of the animals from barney like she was yeah. in one of the suits or at least least a voice for one of the suits. Oh, okay.
1: One of the other things that was interesting also... So Rebecca Sugar, who created the show, actually was originally part of Adventure Time. She was one of the writers there. And she started this up and she was doing both for a while and then actually had to leave Adventure Time so she could devote more time to this show.
0: Yeah, and this is actually... Since this is her baby, this is her show. This is actually the first Cartoon Network series that's created by a woman. So that's just something of note because it is important. Yeah, it really is. So the premise of this show essentially for her was the title character Stevens based off of her younger brother Steven Sugar, who is also a background designer on the show, which is pretty cool. So he's tied to the show and the show's essentially about him and his childhood, obviously very loosely since there's a lot of magic and things involved, but the title character is at least based off him. Steven Sugar is a really cool name too. That is. Just having Sugar as a last name would be amazing. Joseph Sugar. I like it. I'm going to change my name. That's pretty awesome. So do
1: you have any memories of the show, Chris? I have no memories of the show whatsoever. I had never heard of this show before until it was recommended by Peter. The only thing that I recognized was I vaguely recognized the image of Steven himself, just the kid with the the shirt with the star on it. I think I maybe seen some ads. I know there's a video game or two. I think some mobile games and things. I might have seen an ad for that somewhere, but that would be the extent of it. Other than that, I had no idea this even existed.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I didn't really know it existed until earlier this year, and it was before it had been recommended to us. But I saw it on Hulu when I was hunting around for some cartoons for this show. I was like, oh, this looks cool. I'm going to check it out. So I checked out the first episode of it, and I was pretty intrigued by it. So I put it in a backlog of my cartoons that we need to watch. And so this was a good one for Peter to pull out for us. So I'm glad we got it brought back up. And to your point, there has been some video games as well as a comic series that I believe is still going on at Boom Studio. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, if it's anywhere near as fun as the episodes are, then it's going to be great. So speaking of, let's just jump right into the episodes. And what we do is we watch the very first episode, the highest rated episode, and then finally a random or listener chosen episode, in this case chosen by Peter. So we'll start off with the very first episode, episode zero, because it's the pilot aptly named Pilot. And the reason that
1: we watched this one instead of watching actual episode one, it was a two-parter, episode one and episode two. And just starting it, like, I just watched the first few minutes of it, and it didn't really give me the kind of background I felt like I needed at that point to understand the context of the show so instead i was like you know what let's just check out the pilot it it might give us a lot of info like right up front so that's why we chose this one
0: so the synopsis of this one is steven gets a hold of a magical time travel hourglass and does what any kid would do he uses it for comebacks but toying with magic draws trouble to his sleepy beach town and steven has to step up and save the day with more comebacks That's pretty good description of this episode. First thing I want to bring up is the way that it starts out is with Steven singing the song that eventually is going to be the theme song come episode one. That was a great way for them to bring that in because it was almost like an introductory song to the characters themselves because it hadn't even really said who anyone was before he just pops out the guitar and starts singing it.
1: Let's talk about what the gems are because they're a big part of the show. So there's basically this Alien race. They can kind of travel between dimensions, so between their homeworld and Earth. But they're essentially, at least the gems that we know, they're all women. It's three women, and they are named after the actual jewel that's kind of a part of their body. So we have, as we said earlier, there's Garnet, there's Pearl, there's Amethyst. Now, there was another one who was kind of a part of their group, and they had a band together. The singer was Rose Quartz, and that actually is Stephen's mom. So Stephen is actually a half-gem half-human. He's the only one that we know of. And where the other gems are kind of going back and fighting these battles against things in their own reality or their own world. And they all have these powers and stuff associated with their gems. Steven really has nothing. He's a lot younger. He has no power that we know of at this point. And so he kind of gets left behind. He just kind of hangs out at home. He eats lots of snacks. He loves donuts and hot dogs. So I could definitely get along with this kid.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> and what the gems are also is the fact that they look human is more of a projection on their end. Because I think they're more beings of light than they are any kind of actual physical being. So the figures they've taken are really figures of their choice, from what I understand. Yeah, they're like light constructs, Yeah. Basically. Yeah, kind of. And it's it's kind of difficult for us to explain only because we've only watched three episodes of it. And I'm sure there's a lot more that has been explained about it as it goes on. But from what we gather with these three episodes, this is what we've got. So in this episode, like we said earlier, Stephen gets a hold of this like a magical orb hourglass. We find out that this hourglass binds itself to Stephen after he makes his first request of it accidentally, which is to go back and redo a comeback that he didn't do, but he thought of later, which of course you're going to do because you always think about it. Hindsight's twenty twenty. So this is him doing that. And this is what the hourglass ends up becoming is an item that's only capable of doing that and only for Stephen.
1: Right. And it was really funny, too. That was my probably my favorite part of this episode was just that joke and how it kind of reoccurs. Steven, being who he is, he gets kind of poked fun at and he goes to this donut shop where Lars and Sadie work and Lars is kind of poking fun at him. He leaves. He thought of a comeback later. He wishes he would have said it. That's what sends him back in time to the point where he can say it. And then Lars insults him again. And then the whole thing happens again. He goes outside and he's like, oh, man, he came up with something he wishes he could have said. He gets transported back again and does it again. So eventually he makes his way back to the house where the gems are and kind of tells them what happened. That's when they reveal that, oh, no, like this magical artifact now is bound to Steven and can only be used by him for the specific purpose of comebacks. (laughs) which is awesome it alerts this thing it senses like a tear in the fabric of their reality or whatever and it's been looking for this thing and it kind of comes after it and basically the gems are having to fight against this thing to hold it off and the skull basically defeats them and it's kind of left up to steven
0: it's left up to steven to finish the job with only the power of comebacks This comeback actually helped him save the day.
1: So he basically... He gets to keep them from getting injured. He does something that takes the skull out. Then he accidentally references something that Pearl said to him at the beginning of the episode where she called him a clown.
0: Yeah, he wishes he could have told him that morning that this clown was going to save their lives.
1: And then that sends him back to the point before any of this stuff even <laughs> yeah. happened. So, it so basically everything episode. that made him look like a hero just never even happened now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he breaks the hourglass, which is essentially going to make the electric skull not show up and Therefore, ruining his heroic moment.
1: Right. So he basically is back to nothing. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But that was really funny. What are some highlights of this episode for you? For me, just
1: the whole joke with the comeback thing was I liked. What I appreciated the most was the callback to that thing that Pearl said about him being a clown and that coming up again at the very, very end of the episode, because that's something I didn't deem as important at the beginning of the episode. And then when that happens, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that was really well planned by Mm -hmm. The writers there. So I appreciated that quite a bit. The one criticism I have of this, and it's actually not even a criticism of the episode, is just that me personally, I am more, I want to see more of the gems, like where they come from. I want to know more about their people. So I'm hoping that, and I'm sure more of that gets revealed in the series. I just like that's what I'm left with at the end of that episode is like, man, I really want to know more about these people and where they come from than we learned from this episode. But it was just the pilot, so...
0: Yeah, I think I'll disagree with you there in that I'm glad that they only gave us so much because what I don't like about some shows is when they come in with too much information and just kind of overload you, these... We haven't even said it. these are just really short episodes already. The pilot was only seven minutes. Every other episode is about 11 minutes. So they can only fit so much in. So to have too much backstory would just overload that episode too much, I think. But I was pleased with what they gave us. There were definitely some funny jokes. I liked seeing that contraption Lars had where it was like a hot dog with three donuts on it. And that was one of those. Oh, snacks. yeah. That looked delicious. I that. Oh, totally. <laughs> The uh, Crystal Gems theme song was great. I'm glad that Steven introduced that. And then, yeah, just the whole story. It was really cleverly done to make that otherwise useless power for that artifact actually help them save the day. So I like that about it. On the negative side, I don't know that there's anything too negative I could say about it, especially in that really short time period. So they played it really smart by keeping it so short, I guess. So it's hard for me to nitpick even. Overall, I definitely like this episode.
1: Yeah, I think it was a pretty good introduction.
0: For sure. So let's move on to the second episode that we watched, which was the highest rated episode. We Need to Talk. Season two, episode 12, where Greg tells Steven and Connie the story of how he learned about Jim Fusion.
1: And so this basically starts out with – so Stephen is hanging out with his friend Connie and his dad, and there's some music playing. Stephen and Connie start – they take hands, and they're kind of twirling around like dancing, basically – And then they fuse together into one person. Really catches Steven's dad off guard. So then they unfuse and he's like, you guys can fuse? They call it a fusion dance. It's very much like you would imagine if you were a fan of Dragon Ball Z. It's essentially the same kind of thing. So apparently gems can fuse together during this dance and become one being for a little bit. Apparently that is the most intimate thing that can occur between gems. Like that's the closest you can get to each other is when you fuse. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. That'll be important later in the episode. Steven's dad had no idea that a half-gem like Steven could fuse with a human. That was a really important thing for him to find out. And then he basically goes into why... And the rest of the episode from this point becomes a flashback of when Steven's dad was younger and in a band with the Gems and Steven's mom. And it kind of flashes back to it starts with them doing like a music video thing while they're playing a song together.
0: Yeah. And this introduces us to fusion in that we see Pearl fuse with Steven's mom, Rose Quartz and turn into Rainbow Quartz. As far as Chris and I go, that's our first introduction to fusion as well since this is only the second episode that we had actually watched. So we're introduced to that. We're also shown that Pearl has a sort of jealousy towards Greg, Stephen's dad, because it seems like she wants all of Rose's attention. And that is likely because of... As you said before, the fusion being such a personal and close connection, the closest connection that gems can actually have. And then she tells Steven's dad that he's just a phase right now. She, she's trying to push him away, telling him he can't fuse, humans can't fuse with gyms. So that drives Steven's dad to try because no human has ever tried to fuse with a gym. So he feels like he needs to be the first.
1: And Greg very obviously has a lot of feelings for Rose. They kind of allude to the point that Rose might, but seems really unsure about everything. It feels like she treasures who he is, but that she has never taken the thought of a gem and a human being together seriously. Yeah, she's just and, really um, fascinated
0: by humans.
1: Right. Oh, and before we get to the rest of that part, I just want to say that the song that they were playing was pretty good during the thing. It, it honestly, to me, sounds like something you would definitely hear on like a some kind of indie kind of play it was pretty good I I enjoyed it It, it. the guitar solo that Greg does towards the end is really weird and seemed like really (laughs) like it did not belong whatsoever but that made it kind of fun so yeah
0: not so much with the context of the song like what can I do for you I think it was called but yes that yeah that was just a good way to kind of tell the story and kind of subtly show Greg's feelings for Rose as he stared at her while they were singing So after Stephen's dad starts the process of trying to learn how to fuse, what he's doing, he goes out on a beach and is sitting outside of his van watching this video over and over again of how Pearl and Rose fuse, thinking that he needs to reenact the exact same dance. As Garnet tries to explain to Stephen's dad that it's not that he needs to copy that dance, he needs to do essentially his own dance, his own form of fusion in whatever way he can. Because otherwise, it's not going to work. It has to be something that comes from him.
1: Eventually, Rose kind of shows up and he's talking to her. He's dancing around the subject a little bit, but he's trying to relay his feelings to Rose. They're using fusion basically at this point as kind of a metaphor for being in love and having like an intimate relationship. So he obviously loves Rose. He's afraid he can't have that kind of intimacy that a gym would be able to have with her. But he's trying anyway and trying to let her know basically that he's in love with her without using the the word, but he's calling it torture, but a very welcome kind of torture. Rose is saying how confused she is and that he is too. And they've got something in common there. And, That's when they start kind of getting into that idea that Rose hasn't really taken the idea seriously of a gem and a human together. Greg has kind of opened this world up to her for the first time. And she's kind of, I think, realizing how special Greg is to her for the first time. So then they're just kind of dancing together slowly. And the gems are actually off to the side watching them. And the gems are kind of noticing what's really going on. And especially Pearl, because Pearl is so adamant that she wants to be kind of the apple of Rose's eye but she's ad- basically admitting that it's it's really Greg and not her
0: yeah and so even though they're not necessarily fusing literally they are in a metaphorical sense and we get to see it there as it happens so there's a lot that actually went into this episode what are some of your favorite parts of it
1: my favorite part is actually the conversation between Greg and Rose at the end. It was just a really beautiful moment. And it was just a very interesting and realistic conversation between two people that have feelings for each other. And they're really just trying to figure out what that means and not really sure where to go from there. So I I thought it was really honest and enjoyable.
0: And that's an unusual thing to even say, a realistic conversation, even though One is a magical alien gem and the other is a human. (laughs) There's still so many human emotions that go into that conversation. And that's one of my favorite parts as well, if not my favorite part of this episode or the episodes that we watched in general, because it was just so deep. It just punched you in the feels because you're like, man, I don't even really know these characters, but this writing is so good. And this conversation seems so authentic that you can feel what they're feeling. Were there any negative things that you could point out about this?
1: Not really. I think the only negative thing is that I felt like the part with the song dragged on a little bit for me. Even mm. though I enjoyed the song, I felt like that portion of the episode was just a little longer than it could have been. And I, at one point, I started to find myself getting kind of bored with it before it actually started to move on. So. Yeah, my only thing is that I feel like the episode moved a little bit slow, but I do like how it ended and it made sense and how they did do it anyway. So,
0: yeah, it really did escalate from there because that was a very slow way to start this episode. And I think to your point, they could have cut it a minute or two shorter with the song itself and still told the story successfully. Not that right. it was a bad song, not that it was a bad scene, but it was a different pacing entirely. In a sense, though, I think that might have been a way for the writers to try to explain this relationship and just show how they felt about each other without actually using words for that. So, yeah, that makes sense. uh, Good or bad. It it was there, but maybe for a good reason. So overall, what do you think of the episode? Well, I thought it was pretty good. This is just the the unfortunate part
1: of the episodes that we did get, and um, nothing unfortunate about the one we're about to talk about because I enjoyed that one thoroughly, but the pilot was so short, you know, just seven minutes, and this episode was way more focused on, you know, the relationship of Steven's parents. I feel like I haven't gotten a whole lot of actual Steven yet. That's no problem with the actual episodes themselves. It's just the... Basically, just kind of what happened with the episodes that we got for our show. Mm-hmm. So right now, that is my only drawback: is that I want to see more of Steven's interaction. I want to see more of uh, the gems interacting with him and his life. And we haven't gotten too much of that just yet, but we're about to. In this next one, we're gonna talk about.
0: Yeah, true. And this one, I think I'm the way I look at it is like an introductory episode for Steve, almost an origin story of Steven. Like, here's how your parents connected. And we're getting it a lot earlier than a lot of people did since this is 12 episodes into the second season. But yeah, it kind of makes sense progressively because we get the pilot. Now we get an origin story and then we actually move on to this next one, which is, like you said, a lot more about Steven and his interactions with the gyms and the world around him. So for the third episode that we watched, it was actually a two-parter. So this one was like 22 minutes. Mirror Jim was the first one. Ocean Jim was the second one. This is season one, episode 25 and 26, respectively. So let's start with episode 25, Mirror Jim, where Stephen finds a mirror which can communicate with them and ends up forming a friendship of sorts. However, the Jims know something that Stephen doesn't about this mirror. Actually, I feel
1: like that's not entirely accurate. Because it seems like the gyms don't really know what's going on with the mirror, but we'll get into that.
0: Yeah, not Um, at first anyway.
1: Yeah, so the episode starts where it's Steven talking to Connie on the phone, wanting to hang out. Connie just got out of school for the summer. I think she's going to play tennis or something like that. And Steven can't relate because he's never been in school, so he's never felt the kind of freedom and happiness you get when school is out for the summer so he wants to emulate that feeling by going to school so he's trying to set up a school at his place with the gems pearl is helping him and once she discovers that it's school that he's trying to do she says oh i've got this thing she uh, has this mirror it's got jewel on the back the jewel is cracked keep that in mind anyway um this mirror is supposed to show the history of their people they basically just have to ask a question to it and it'll show so she's saying let's show them something about this war and it doesn't work so she's like oh well i guess that's broke so i guess you're you're done and steven gets all excited he's like could you say that school is out for the summer she's like "Yeah, (laughs) yeah i guess and he's like freaking out and super happy, and he's like running outside, and he's like, "School is out! School is out!" Which I think is hilarious because he was only like in school for like you know a few seconds. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so she basically gives him the mirror, thinking it's broken, doesn't think anything of it, and he starts walking around with it, going on his regular I don't know adventures of just strolling around town (laughs) being Steven. Yeah. He finds out that it's starting to repeat things he's doing and he'll say something, Mirror will repeat it back. And to add more complexity to it, the Mirror starts to form sentences of its own by pulling parts of different things that are happening in the world around it. It'll use different people's words to plug-in to make an actual sentence showing that it's got some intelligence of sorts that is not shown before and that i don't even think the gyms were aware of
1: right and that's why i thought it was weird about the uh, description from imdb making it sound like they knew what was going on it's like no they really didn't i don't even think they knew who was in there but yeah um
0: and I don't think... I mean, because if they did, you know Pearl wouldn't have given they wouldn't it to given Steven. It to him. I was
1: going to say, um, so the gems are really different from the pilot than they are after that point. Like, in appearance, Garnet not so much, but Pearl and Amethyst are definitely different in appearance. And slightly in personality, Garnet's pretty much the exact same. Mm-hmm. Um, just that that was interesting. And the animation is cleaned up way, way more oh, yeah. from the pilot, which is to be expected. So with this mirror, they do all kinds of gags with this thing. And some of them are really great. And one of my favorite ones is he's strolling along. He walks out into the road and the mayor is coming back in his van that he's campaigning on to be yeah. reelected. Mayor, and it's anyway, the, he then follows the mayor's van to the beach where the mayor is given this big speech. And he starts saying the speech and Steven makes a fart noise. And then the mirror, every time the mayor is like says a line, the mirror makes the fart noise right afterwards and it just keeps going. Yeah. And I know I,
0: I, you I have, have the, the speech yeah. written down, right? Yeah. I've got his speech and I'll read it to you cause it's hilarious. So he's saying things that are kind of imply they're not intentionally implying farts, but they're obviously implying farts. So it's like first the sounds of the summer season. So Steven lets out his fart noise. Then yeah. <laughs> smells of the busy boardwalk. Hmm. Hot, wet ocean wind. <laughs> the time to take that pressure that's built up all year and just let it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that's the, basically how it went. Yeah. And the mirror was the one that just kept repeating these noises. So Steven basically high fives it and is like, man, you got a lot of mileage out of that joke. You're pretty funny for a mirror.
1: Oh, yeah. Because it cuts to another scene where he's back at the house and it's still doing it. It's the still fart farting. farting. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah, you got a lot of mileage out of that joke. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. So, and, and then he's he's trying to say that, you know, I, I really need to show the gems this. This is really cool. And then the mirror starts piecing together all the sentences to tell him, I think, says this is only for you, Steven, or something along those yeah, lines.
0: Once he once he's there with the gems and they realize that it started to talk to him, they're trying to take it from him. You know, it doesn't do anything. And he's like, you know, why aren't you talking? Why aren't you talking? And then as he turns away from the gems, that's when the mirror says that it's only for you, Steven, and makes that fart noise again. And then (laughs) the gems come to take it from him, and he slaps... Yeah, he
1: smacks Garnet's glasses off, right?
0: Yeah, he smacks her hand away, and that does knock her glasses off, which shows that she has three eyes, which also implies that she's a fusion as well. But she's like a permanent fusion, which I thought was really cool, because that's just... There's so much complexity to these characters, not only emotionally, but there's so much that differs about them. I would love to watch an individual episode about all of these characters in general.
1: I would too. And um, Garnet looks pissed. Oh, Garnet yeah. is pissed. And that's the first time that you ever get any hint of her being any kind of angry. Cause she's usually very defensive of Steven. Mm-hmm. Like she'll tell the others not to pick on him and stuff. And Ooh, she's mad. So uh, Steven runs, he takes the mirror and just runs for it.
0: Yeah. Steven runs off and takes this mirror to the beach, and then it starts to show him how to release it from its captivity in the mirror, basically. He ends up laying out Lapis Lazuli, who is the gem that was on the back of the mirror that he takes off of the mirror and She's not completely formed because that gym was cracked. So she's a little bit debilitated and angry with the gyms for what she says is knowing that she was in there and not doing anything about it. So that's still kind of up for question is whether they knew or not, they never confirm or deny that they knew, but... I don't think that they would have just left her in there, at least not from the gyms that we know.
1: Yeah. And, you know, what's really interesting, too, is for one, I'm interested to know how she was trapped in there in the first place. Mm -hmm. Like if it was an intentional thing or what and who if it was who put her there. And two, I don't remember if it's at the end of this episode or if it's a part of the next one. Lapis is trying to get Steven to go with her because she's going to flee from the gems and everything like that. She says you can't trust them. And she's about to flee out over the ocean and she wants Steven to go with. Steven is kind of like, I don't know what to do. And the gems basically convince him not to go with her. I don't remember if Pearl says it here or if Pearl says it in the next episode, but Pearl alludes that all of these monsters that they face in some of these other episodes used to be gems. They're saying the gems are not exactly the greatest people ever. Their history, the only thing I know about their history is that there's a lot of war that they haven't really covered. As far as in these episodes, we haven't seen it, but they do allude to it quite a bit. Pearl is extremely concerned for Steven because she knows that it sounds like the majority of the gems aside from them are probably not good people. So they're very untrusting. And so Steven sides with the gems and Lapis flees without him.
0: So at the end of this one, Stephen gets grounded, quote unquote, and it jumps over to part two, which is Lapis Lazuli has gone crazy and stolen the ocean. Stephen and his friends have to convince Lapis to give the ocean back. I mean, that's bare minimum of what happened in this episode, but that's about the gist of it. Right. Like you said at the end of the last one, Lapis has run off on a wave, basically. And then we come to find a little bit early in this episode that not only has she taken this wave, but she has taken the ocean and formed almost a tower that stretches up to space.
1: Yeah. So she's basically has all the water in the ocean. So the ocean is now just a desert. There's no water. So this big tower is reaching up into space because she's trying to reach her planet where the gems are from. She's hoping that she can extend it all the way so she can go home. But, I mean, she even admits that she knows it can't work. But she she tries anyway, and I'm sure some of it's out of spite. Steven being the one that freed is... Kind of sees it as his duty to convince her to put the ocean back and to make things right. Steven's add Greg and Connie said, we're going to go with you. And the gems, of course, are like, well, of course, we got to go with you. So they go yeah. as well. We didn't get introduced to this character with the episodes we watched, but there's a lion with
0: them. Oh yeah, a big pink (laughs) lion. I don't know where he came from. And its name was Lion from what I understand. Its Lion, yes. So that's something we completely missed out on, but it just kind of stepped out of nowhere and was like, here I am, but it doesn't talk anything. It's just a big giant lion.
1: The gems and Greg pile into his van while Connie and Steven are riding on the lion across the desert that used to be the ocean. And one of my favorite jokes of this episode is here where Greg starts playing some music and he's like yeah this was one of Rose's favorites and (laughs) turns to Garnet and asks Garnet what do you think of this and saying nothing she just opens the door of the van and jumps out and just arms at her sides just (laughs) rolls across the dirt
0: (laughs) it was out of nowhere so that's what made it really funny
1: especially because we've never seen her do anything funny or anything comedic yet yeah she was just like you know she would rather just jump out of this moving vehicle than listen to this crap (laughs) then i and then after that they cut and she's actually laying on top of the van the rest of the trip like she won't even go back yeah she she
0: doesn't even want to get back inside the van now And so eventually they reach the giant tower that Lapis is made of water. What ends up happening is they start fighting these water clones of themselves that Lapis has made. And these clones are essentially unbeatable because they have no true form. They're just water. They can try to cut them apart or whatever, but it only makes them duplicate. So with the powers that they have, these water clones are just unbeatable.
1: They go to fight these water clones. And Steven's using a squirt gun full of water to yeah, like shoot a super at water. Soaker. Not very effective. And Connie's just throwing rocks. Yeah. <laughs> it's not working very well.
0: So there's no hope. But what really kind of defines Steven's character in this episode and takes it to a completely different level, especially from everything we've seen so far in this two-parter He throws up the white flag and is pleading with Lapis to just let him talk to her. Like, he just wants to talk. He doesn't want to fight anymore. So what she does is she brings him up that giant tower to the top just to speak with her. And he's trying to explain that he knows how it is to miss home like she is. And the ocean is part of his home. So he's pleading for her to return it. That leads to this really kind of emotional dialogue that they have between each other where she's talking about not belonging here and never approving of Earth and wanting to go back home. And then he reveals that he has healing powers so that he can fix her gym and potentially help her out.
1: And how he does it, how his healing power works. And this is the first time (laughs) me and Joseph saw it since we've only seen a few episodes, but he has to spit in his hand and then kind of like... Like, rub it against her. Yeah. And she, it's funny because she kind of shivers. She's like, ooh. She gets (laughs) When he does uh... it. The gym on her back, the cracks just completely heal up. Any cracks in her body heal. Her eyes, which were just kind of white before, she now has her regular eyes. And she sprouts these, like, water kind of wings out of her back. So, it's like she's been completely fixed. She's fully formed. And she kind of thanks him. And she's just like, okay, bye. And then just flies away into space. And he's like, oh, bye.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And Returns to Ocean. And that's pretty much how the episode wraps up. So we've talked a little bit about the highlights of this episode. I don't know that I had anything negative to say about it. Honestly, this might have been my favorite. So I don't know if I have anything negative to say about it.
1: This one, out of what we watched, this was by far my favorite, this two-parter. And specifically because I really enjoy it when goofy cartoons like this... Introduce an element of something really serious because if you take a world that's always serious and you have a serious situation, it doesn't mean that much. If it's like a bunch of characters that are always lighthearted, always joking around, and then they have that moment where they're like, Oh my gosh, like this is bad, like this is not good, then I feel like it carries more weight. And I feel like this show did it really well because you felt it at the end of episode 25 when Lapis is released and the gems are just really standing back and on their guard like, This isn't good. Like, what do we do? Kind of thing. Mm. And you're just kind of a little unsure of what's going to happen. And then, towards the end here, where they're of 26, where they're fighting the duplicates made out of water, it's a really dire situation for them. And when Steven goes up to confront Lapis, the weight of everything, it, it felt more important to a show like this than it would, like I said, in a show that's always serious. So I really enjoy that aspect. And I think they executed it really well. The show overall. I just want to say that I absolutely I love the animation. The animation is beautiful. It's very clean great colors I love how they animated like the water and space just looked amazing when they're up on the tower and my favorite part is the like the background music of this show is phenomenal it has hints of the old school like chip tune kind of music the best I could describe it is some of it reminded me of things like I would hear in chrono trigger or something like that which is some of the best music from the era that was ever composed all of the animation that music together is enough for me to really enjoy this show and as I was saying in the pre previous segment, in the second one that we watched, my only drawback to this show is that I feel like I haven't seen enough of it yet to get a great feel, because I enjoyed these two episodes, but the other two episodes, the one was super short, and the other one, Steven really wasn't involved. Yeah, the only thing I can say is I haven't seen enough to, I feel like, have as much appreciation for it yet, and I think the more I watch of it, the more I'm going to like it. But I I do like what I've seen.
0: Yeah, as an overall assessment of the show itself, I really enjoyed what I did see. Even the shortened episodes didn't bother me too much, because that's kind of how I like to watch shows anyway. I'm not a huge fan of shows that are like an hour long or anything, because it's super hard to digest. With my short attention span, I enjoyed (laughs) watching these 11-minute episodes. Even the two-parter only took what normally would be a single episode of a different show, so that was fabulous the music all around was great the intro the outro both beautiful something I didn't point out was the outro of the second episode that we watched which was in season two was sung by Rebecca Sugar herself so that I thought oh, was I didn't really know cool. that yeah. So a lot of this show is very musically inclined, even though not every episode has a specific song to it. The ones that are there, like I said, are really strong. This one just kind of screams love to me. Like this whole show has this great feeling about it of love and appreciation for each other and equality in a way. And it pulls from so many different elements in the show itself. Like body type isn't all just some stereotypical, like everybody's skinny, things like that. Right. Skin color is, no, is a non-issue because practically everyone's a different skin color. There's even purple people right. in here if we're looking at Amethyst. And so that's such a cool idea to me. And that really kind of made this show feel really important and a lot different from a lot of shows I've seen.
1: On that note, I do want to say too that if you haven't seen an image of Steven, Steven is an overweight kid. And yeah. the only representation that that usually gets in almost any medium, especially cartoons, is like the sidekick or somebody that's not very bright or they're really slow or they get picked on and stuff like that. But this is the main character of this entire show. And I think that is super awesome because that is just completely against the stereotype that television and film... Like, ever have. And I I can't think of another instance where that hasn't been the butt of the joke for that character. Like, I think back to things that I enjoyed as a kid, things like Goonies, you know, the fat kid was the one that you laughed at. He did the truffle shuffle, which is still (laughs) awesome. But uh, I mean, just to my point, was that his weight was made a joke. And I mean, granted, Steven eats a lot he's uh every once in a while he's like slapping his belly trying to get his the gem and his belly button to work to do some sort of power but that's a part of who he is and it's not a joke that the show uses and i think that's really awesome
0: yeah because the show never really points out his weight or anything at least from what we saw like it's not important like it's just that he eats (laughs) Yeah, they don't bring it up because it's not an issue. Like, why would they? And also something to point out is this show primarily is almost solely female. At least on the hero side, it's primarily female. With the exception of Steven and his dad, the majority of these characters are female and can be enjoyed by both boys and girls regardless. Even though it's primarily women, it couldn't be described as a girl show.
1: It's really cool. It's a great show that's breaking a lot of stereotypes. And I value that.
0: So Chris, why don't we reach into our gyms and pull out our secret weapons, our inner kids, to see what they thought of Steven Universe.
1: Sure thing. Let me get him out. Oh, oh, mine's got a crack in it. Uh, that's probably not good. But um, <clears throat> here he is. Steven is really cool, and I like him because he eats a lot, and I eat a lot, and I want to eat a hot dog full of donuts. And the gyms are really pretty. So pretty. <laughs> Oh, but I got kind of confused on this cartoon because I felt like the episodes could be longer. I I really want to see more, and especially of the gems. But I really like the music, and I want to listen to it on my Walkman. So I give this show four bowls out of five of marshmallow gem cereal. I would probably give it five the more I see of it. But right now, I give it four. Okay, Joseph. Thanks, Christopher. On the surface, Steven Universe is an exciting, action-packed adventure with a wonderful art style and amazing music. Beyond that, it's an incredibly heartfelt story full of laughter, love, and acceptance that regularly challenges commonly perceived social norms. For this reason, it offers something to both the young and the young at heart, and has deservingly earned a place as one of my favorite cartoons within the last few years. All that said, it should come as no shock that I'll be giving this five big bowls of cereal out of five, and would highly, highly recommend it.
0: Nice job, kids. You did well beautiful boys just beautiful you're both little gems in my eyes mine's more like a rock <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well listeners it looks like our milk supply has now run dry so it's time for us to say goodbye and next week we'll be watching
1: the pirates of dark waters submitted via twitter by miles from the
0: more you nerd podcast at the more you nerd and once again i'm joseph and i'm chris and we'll see you next saturday Thanks everyone for listening. If you like what you heard, please give us a five star rating on iTunes. Definitely reach out and let us know what cartoon you'd like us to cover along with some of your favorite episodes. so We can feature them on our show.
1: You can make a request, see the current request list or speak with the show host by visiting the cartoon boom subreddit. You can also connect with our network by visiting nerdsloth.com or searching for nerdsloth on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. See you next Saturday.